I'm Ray Hudson, and you are, I don't know who you are, but you're listening to Blaugranagram. Don't be like them kids in the Blair Witch Project, and go away, alright? Hello, good evening, good afternoon, welcome back to the Driven Shot Podcast. It's um, been a little while, we've been gone for, I want to say two weeks, Yep. Um, but we're back, and uh, part of that has been the fact that I've had some exams to go through. So that's kind of taking up some of my time. Um, but yeah, we are back in full force. Um, and yeah, it's nice to be back. Uh, Joab, how are you doing, man? <laughs> good. Good to have you back. As you said, a few exams couldn't really uh, let us be here together. And you told me yeah. if, you, if I wanted to do it alone, it's like, um, no, I, it won't be the same without you, Omar. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, likewise. Um, yeah, I mean, we do have a lot of fun on here. We've got a we've got a good handful of viewers so far. Remember, you can always always drop your comments down below, drop your thoughts, opinions, whatever you may want to say to us. Whether that's just saying hi, or whether it's saying that you think something sucks, just let us know down below, <laughs> and we'll go through them as the episodes go on. And of course, remember these do go out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast and our other podcast in Spanish covering Barça B and Barça Femini also go out on there. Um, that one is called Bloganagram and El Johan. You can find both of those on the platform that you use for podcasts. So do check that out, and hopefully you'll find something you like there um, if you want coverage for anything else in the first team, and if you also understand Spanish. Otherwise, here we have some talking points today, um, which are going to be mainly Barca's new signings, and made they've made quite a lot of them. <clears throat> and um, then also talking about the Euros um, that are starting soon, next week. And, uh, yeah, probably just some hypotheticals, some stuff about Genie, uh, Vinaldum, and just, you know, just a general, general chat, you know, you know, just have a bit of fun. Um, so, yeah, first of all, I know a lot of people, at least, this was, the, okay, this is, this is something I found quite funny, right? When Eddie Garcia was at Manchester City and he was doing really, really, really well, a lot of their fans were like, "Oh yeah, this guy is the next big thing. He's gonna be, he's ours to, to he's gonna stay with us for the next ten years. He's gonna be a club legend." And then as soon as he said, "You know what? I don't think I want to stay here. I don't want to renew my contract." Um, whether that partly, I think, I think a part of that was also the fact that he wasn't getting as much playing time, especially after Ruben Diaz joined the club. That kind of hindered him a bit. Um, but even before that, when like. It seemed like he was pretty clear that he wanted to leave. And then once that sort of materialized and it was very clear that he was leaving, people were like, oh, Barca are signing the wrong Manchester City center back. He's not <laughs> going to be good enough. You're going to see how bad he is. And it's like, no, no, he's a quality <laughs> player. He's a quality defender. There's a reason why Barcelona want him. And there's a reason why City, I, at least from, you know, I imagine at least, would have wanted to renew with him. Because it seemed like, at least from what I read and heard, it seemed like he wanted to leave more than they wanted to let go of him. Um, which, I mean, there's a reason for that. And he was clearly li very much liked in the dressing room. I even remember at one point um, with some of Manchester City's um, social media content, you know, where they interview players and, like, all the fun stuff, you know, the fun stuff behind the scenes. And they were talking about Eric Garcia and a few players. And I remember one of them, said that the player in the squad that's most likely to become uh, a manager once he's when he retires, and please correct me if I'm if I'm misremembering this, but uh, in the chat, but 
that person, I don't remember which player it was, but he said Eric Garcia, and they two of them pretty much agreed on that it would be Eric Garcia because he has this very intricate understanding of the game um, and that very good sense of anticipation. And when you have that type of thing in a player, that doesn't just go away. That's the tactical awareness, and that like that sticks with you. Your technical ability might, you know, take a bit of a hit, but I think a lot of that also comes down to consistency. And I know a lot of people were critical critical of him in his recent performances and saying, "Oh, look, he's not playing well." To be fair, if you know you're leaving, that's going to influence you as it is. And then add to that to the fact that he's not really been playing that much for them anyway. Um, so you you kind of get thrown off rhythm a bit, right? And then, you know, it's the same thing with, like, Matthijs De Ligt when he joined Juve. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, Juve fans were obviously happy with the signing, right? But after a while, like, his performances started to go down a bit. He started to get a lot of, pick up a lot of yellows and reds, uh, make a lot of rash, uh, you know, rash challenges. And I think that's just part of the pressure. That doesn't, I mean, you doing that doesn't mean you're a bad player. Because, I mean, the argument for that would then be, oh, well, he's played in Ajax, not in, like, the Premier League or any of the top five leagues. But a quality player is still a quality player. And I think the same goes for Eric Garcia. Even though his form hasn't been great, he's still a quality player. And I think he'll show that for Barca. Yep. Um, well, a lot, a lot of things to add to that. I mean, um, just by the fact that Pep basically gave, like, his uh, seal of improvement on Eric Garcia tells you a lot. Because, I mean, oh, yeah. Pep's been around on football. I mean, like, what... Uh, as a manager, at least, more than 10 years easily, he's seen thousands and thousands of players. So he knows and he recognizes quality. I mean, just look at Kimi. Uh, he took him under his oh, wing when he was there, still a, a gem, a rough gem, mm -hmm. and look at what he is now. So I, I think I, I'm not comparing, obviously, Eric Garcia to Kimi. I just want to say that Pep knows when he sees a valuable player. And he sees yeah. that in Eddie Garcia because you could actually see him saying, like, I would love him to stay. I don't want him to leave. Um, I wish he would stay with us. But then again, he knows that if he goes to Barcelona, he'll have probably the opportunities that right now he can't give to him in Manchester City. Because, as you said, um, Ruben Diaz arrived and he just took the, the first squad by storm. He actually was voted as the MVP of the Premier League uh, just a few days ago. Of, yeah. of last season so i mean that speaks a lot to ruben uh, diaz and also you can't really compete against him at the moment he is one of the top top uh, defenders in the world but also yeah. what i really like about uh, eddie garcia coming back to barcelona is that at a last of a defender role uh, besides uh, oscar mingueza uh, oh, yeah. masia may defender finally will take the first team because it's been a really really long time since that's happened especially since Eddie Garcia went through all the ranks with Barcelona and basically being captain in all those youth teams for uh, Barcelona. So also that's going to be very exciting because right now you have uh, Clement Lenglet that, that isn't a bad defender, but he certainly isn't a Barca-style defender. Uh, you have Samuel mm. Titi who was really, really good a few years ago, but then, as we all know, just basically um, didn't have a yeah, uh, that, great that, management of his yeah, knee that, injury. Yeah, that surgery as well. That surgery in the World Cup kind of... Kind of, I think that that was pretty much the turning point for him. Yeah, so it's actually really refreshing to see a defender like Eric Garcia that really knows and understands what Barcelona wants to play and the style of play of Barcelona. And you know that he'll basically fit in right away because he knows the style of play. He'll maybe yeah. have a little bit of uh, adaptation to the uh, La Liga and, the, well, the first team and all that. But either than that, it'll be, I think it will be a pretty good match. 
And also, let's take into consideration the city of Barcelona is much better than Manchester. I'm sorry to all oh. those that that live in Manchester, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he'll be more happy because, especially since he's a Spaniard, he'll be in Spain, he'll be in the club of his dreams. So I think he will be a really good signing in the long haul for Barcelona. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think he'll be an excellent signing, and I think the fact that he was snatched up on a free, I think, makes it even better because had Barca tried. Had Barca managed to sign him a year ago, they would have probably Manchester City would have probably have asked for a bit more than than what he was worth at the time. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, or at least tried to. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's a very honestly, I'm very impressed by the signing, especially because it's free. Um, he's he's not going to hurt the wage bill too much, and yep. you get a quality player. He's still very very young, and as you said, he knows Barca inside out. Um, you know, and he can grow alongside players like PK. Learn from players like Busquets. Um, and yes, I know people are going to say Busquets isn't a defender. No, that's true, but <laughs> he does have a lot of defensive in him. A lot of like his style of play is very not really defensive. It is, but not as a center back. But he just has a lot of that anticipation, a lot of that knowing when to when to actually go in for the ball and when to just contain jockey the opposite the opponent and that type of stuff as basic as it might seem is is that's one of the things that i think makes Busquets as good as he has been over the last you know 10 15 years um so from for garcia to be able to learn from players like him and players like pk players like alba even um i think i think it's going to be a great match uh a great matchup for sure um another thing that i know a lot of people spoke about um aside from the defense Well, there are a few names that are being thrown around in the papers and thrown around in in the negotiation rooms as well, probably. Um, if we're talking about Jordi Alba, I think he's gone under the radar last season. I think he was one of the most consistent performers for Barca. And I know for a lot of people, that's going to be like, no, why? No, you know, a lot of people <laughs> are going to disagree with that. And if you want to disagree, that's totally fair. I just think he was extremely consistent last season um you can tell he's elevated his game a bit more from the season before that and from the anfield season from the roma season and i think a lot of that is credit to ronald kuman and his staff because they've just you can tell how much they mean to some of the players at least like pedri i'm sure absolutely loves <laughs> staff right now uh, you know and they've, they've they've shown pedri that trust and if you hadn't if you hadn't shown him that trust not just playing it But actually showing him, hey, I believe in you. I'm going to play you in El Clasico. I'm going to play you in these big games. And I'm going to give you a very specific, um, big, prominent role in these games. That type of trust shown from a manager is something that people tend to neglect, I think. Because one thing is playing him, right? Like, you know, um, let's say Trincao, for instance, right? Rincao was played by Kuman quite a, a few times, not a lot, a few times. But in those games, he didn't, it seemed like he didn't have a set role, if that makes sense. Like with Dembele, when he's on, when he's on, that, on that right side, you know exactly what's expected of him. Beat the man, go for the cross, or, or combine with your RCA, right, you know, the midfielder on his side, which quite often is Frankie de Jong. 
combine with him or combine with Pedri for a one-two, then drill it in for a cross or something, right? You know his role. Trincao, it felt like, didn't have as much of a role. It was more as in go out and be creative and do what you think is right. Work instinctively, which for some players works really well. For Neymar, you don't really need to give him a role because he just works based on his instinct. I mean, obviously, knowing where to position himself. But aside from that, he's just going to work off his instinct. And for some players, that works really well. I believe that's how Messi plays as well, right? So when you have players like that um, get, getting those roles, that's one thing. And then for Trincao, add to that, he hasn't really had a whole lot of playing time. So that's, you know, that's also like that plus the fact that he's just been given a role where it's just like go out and, you know, help your help out your right back, build up the play um, however you see fit. And then that's it. You know, like, obviously, I don't know the specific instructions, but my, the point I'm trying to make here is rather than just giving him a role, just sticking him in midfield and saying, just press the ball and just pass it when you get it. Pedri has had a very, very specific role. And if you've looked, if you if you rewatch some of Barca's matches, even if you just look at the highlights, you can see that his role has been very much to be that link, even as a box to box midfielder. He's always been the link between Busquets and between the attack, or even at times between the defense and the midfield, dropping all the way back to help build the attack or dropping all the way back to defend because he lost possession. And and that type of stuff, I think, is very important to have in a team. And I think that's one of the things that Kuman maybe doesn't get enough credit for is how well he's managed Pedri. And that's also one of the reasons why Pedri is, you know, he's going to be a star for the national <laughs> team for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, as you said, Jordi Alba, I really liked him, but also I think it's a, a lot of merit to the fact that he isn't um, he isn't asked to be that defender anymore, to be that defender yeah. on that left side. I mean, he knows he has to defend, as you said. He isn't like going all out attack every single play, but I think he's a little bit more free so and with a little bit more uh, liberty. So he can't yeah. go up front when he wants. He has had more assists and certainly more goals than usual this season. Um, mm. But I think it's a lot to the system uh, with that uh, five midfield in which he basically is a left midfielder and he goes up and down, but he isn't really asked to be that defender that has to cover um, an attacker. And when he gets beaten, the defense is just really weak at the moment. So I, I think it's a really good sign for him. And that's when I say, okay, so he's really good attacking, but he can't be your left back if you go back to the 4-3-3. Because yeah. you you can't ask him to be the, that that attacker that he has been this season and be the same defender, because it just it's not humanly possible. Just a few um, fullbacks can't actually do that. But yeah. um, so but also, I mean, he is getting older. He the physique isn't the same as a few years ago. He he is still really fast, but you can see a little bit of lag when he when he's trying to start his run. So yeah. I, I think it's really awesome that he had like this uh, this season, which he came back and he did so much. And I think, as you said, it's a, a great deal thanks to Ronald Koeman. But if Ronald Koeman for this season as uh, uh, supposedly Laporta, he has to go back to the 4-3-3, we won't see the same Jordi Alba. We'll see this, the Jordi Alba in which he suffered a bit when he was uh, two against uh, one defending or when he was just simply beaten by a more... Um, clever attacker so i think it's it's something that we have to take into consideration also i mean as you said pedri has been amazing i think nobody really saw him having this much of an impact 
And as you said, sometimes uh, the confidence that the manager has in certain players, even though us, the fans don't really understand why it, why it happens or why it is. But, um, I mean, it's really something that is really important to the players because imagine having to go to work and just knowing that your boss doesn't trust you or knowing that your boss doesn't really even think that you can do it. And as you said, yeah. Trincao, I think, I don't know if Coman didn't really know how to use him or, as you said, just simply said, be creative and do what you want or what you feel like. But I do think Trincao is in that moment of career when he needs that guidance from Ronald Coman and actually tell him what he needs to do because, I mean, he's really young. And imagine just yes, being yeah. that that age and going into Barcelona and the manager just saying like, oh, well, we'll play like Messi or play like Neymar. You're going to be like, well, I'm not either of them yet or I'm, I'll never be. But I think it's really something that Ocoman has to manage even better because, I mean, the midfield was more solid than the attack. And I think really yeah. Trincao needs that uh, stability as uh, Dembélé uh, used to have when he first arrived because also Dembélé was basically the same thing. It was just like, well, let's see what That's the Belit does when he arrived. So I think that Ikao has a lot of potential. And uh, well, we'll also have to see how the other signings, well, possible signings for Barcelona uh, pan out and see what yeah. that attack will actually look like for next season. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting regardless. I mean, a lot of these players, as you said, are clever players too. Like... Trincao is a smart player. He's, he, he has a good understanding of the game and good understanding of time and space. And we, for those that followed him in Braga, especially after he was uh, after the signing was announced to Barca, he was very, very good. And yes, you can say all you want, oh, it's Braga, it's the Portuguese league. But it, it, even then, it still shows. Because for me, I think the whole argument of, oh, it was in a weaker league, that's okay. But in some aspects, I think that, well, at least in some arguments, some discussions and debates, I think that um, argument is valid, right? To say, oh, he did it in a weaker league. That's not the same as doing it in Spain or in England or whatever. It's still professional football, I mean. <laughs> it is. And that's my point. Like, if you're talking about a certain player's ability to understand the game, right? If you're talking about, does this football, does, does this football understand the concept of time and space and how to move in a certain way to open up space for his teammate who's drifting towards the right. That type of movement and that type of, you know, cleverness. That, if you have that in a weaker league, you still have it in a, in a, in a big league, you know, if a quote-unquote big league. Because that is, that, that sort of tactical awareness is there. Inherently, it's there. Granted, when you go to a different league, even if it's at the same level as the league you just played in, there is going to be that um, adaptation period that you were that you were talking about with Eric Garcia, right? That's going to be there regardless. And of course, if you if you're used to certain types of movements from certain types of defenders in the Portuguese league, and you go to Spain or you or you go to England, and they play differently, the defenders because the thing is, right? If you go to England and you see how they play the Premier League defensively they are very very different from how they are in spain because in spain the focus is on being a being very tech technically and tactically astute in england it's more about discipline more about physicality so if you as a player are used to a certain type of movement because you're used to playing in the premier league right and you have this tactical awareness you know exactly what this player is going to do because you faced him five times 
and also because that's how that's how the, this team style of play is, or that's how the league style of play is. And you then go to a different league that's maybe better or more competitive. You still have that same tactical awareness. You just have to adjust how you perceive it as the game is going on because players react differently depending on where you're playing. Yeah, and I mean... You I'm don't sorry, lose don't... that. You know what I mean? No, no. <laughs> you don't lose that when you go from one league to another. Yep. I mean, uh, that ability isn't going anywhere just by geography. So you still have exactly. that. You just have to polish exactly. it or modify it to whatever, wherever you're playing. I mean, Trincao, uh, we saw some stunning goals in Braga that yeah. he cut back from uh, the right to the left to the center. Sort of like the same moment that Robin did his whole career. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. I mean, even though it's in Portugal, it, it will it will be the same in, in Barcelona if he is given the chance and if he, if he finds similar uh, uh, options or similar, well, yeah, options. So yeah. I think it, it would be, uh, I think it's really dismissive to say that a player has done it in a weaker, in a weaker league, so he won't be able to do it in another league. Because then I could just say, uh, so well, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo should have never had success because he came from the Portuguese league. Or whatever player from uh, South America shouldn't have had never any su success because he'd made it in a, in a weaker league. So yeah. I, I I do understand that sometimes some players don't really live up to the hype, and it does happen because I mean some players can actually cope with the pressure or aren't really that good. Um, mm. But uh, just by saying the fact that they did it in a weaker league doesn't really mean that much because let's say that Depay actually does sign for Barcelona, and in his first season he he scores 40 goals. But you said, oh, well, he did in the, in the weaker league of France. He shouldn't do it in Spain, but he actually does it in Spain as well. So I think it would be, I mean, there are options for both scenarios, but I think mm -hmm. it's really not that dismissive. And I, as I said before, um, Trincao is really young. So imagine just arriving at Barcelona and the manager saying, oh, you're going to play this game. I mean, he is human. The nerves will probably kick in. And right. it was just his first season. If it was his fifth season in Barcelona and he still didn't really do much, I would say, okay, so maybe he just doesn't make the cut. But yeah. it was his first season. Let's see what actually happens. Let's see if he continues in squad because I know that a lot of uh, people say that he should go on, go on loan in a La Liga team. I think it would be a good experience for him, especially if Goleman actually tells him you won't be playing that much. It would be better for you to actually gain some experience in Spain. In another team yeah. but i mean it, at the end of the day he if he has uh, playing time it'll be the best for him oh yeah no 100 and i think he is one of those players where at his age you do need playing time consistently even yeah. if that's not in barcelona you know even if he goes out on loan to, to a smaller league side that's not bad you know you yeah, can no. get experience with the league and know how they play and then come back to barcelona and just do your thing um so, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, I just want to emphasize this because I, I've seen a lot of Vincao slander. Um, <laughs> so I just wanted to address it. And I think the same thing goes for a lot of other youngsters and a lot of other players. Um, you know, I know, just to give an example, Antoine Griezmann, a lot of people <laughs> were, calling, were labeling him a flop after his first season. So many. And he turned out, in my opinion, which, again... Might be a hot take to some people. <laughs> I think he's done pretty well this season. Um, and then the most, pretty much the, the you know the the most clear example is probably Neymar. After his first season, people were saying it was terrible and Barca shouldn't have signed him. And why do they sign people from Santos? He turned out to be mm -hmm. one of the best players in the world and formed 
one third of the best trio possibly in football history. So it takes time, especially for youngsters, especially for youngsters with a lot of pressure on them with a heavy price tag that can influence you. Um, the glory days so, yeah. of the S- MSN, M- MSN, right? Yeah, MSN, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, keep that in mind when you, uh, you know, throw in those replies on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and, yeah, moving on to something else, uh, before we talk about the Euros briefly, um, and I also, I, I really, really want our audience here to comment down below. We'll, we'll Don't worry. We'll talk about this when we get to it. But comment down below who you think is the favorite for the Euros. Um, Joav, I want to ask you if Memphis signs for Barcelona, hypothetically, where do you see him fitting in in terms uh, of like the, the setup? Because that's <laughs> my biggest issue with it is yeah. I really don't know where he'd fit in because who do you throw out? Griezmann has had a really good season, everything considered. Messi, you're obviously not going to boot Messi out. And then Ancho Fati is coming back. Coutinho might stay, so that's another player to worry about. Aguero, and then also Memphis, and Dembele. So and Pedri. So where, <laughs> like, how how does that work? Because if it's a three four three, I think Memphis would probably, honestly, if Griezmann for one reason or another isn't playing that night, and Dembele has an off, like, is off form, right? I think the right for setup would in a three four three would be Messi on the right, Aguero through the middle, Depay, uh, Memphis on the left. Okay. Because Memphis has played as a winger quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, he actually made a name for himself playing on the wing. Uh, yeah. When he arrived at uh, Manchester United, he was a winger, just a pure, pure winger. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the, I if feel you like go it's back... going to be tough. It's going to be yeah, tough but... to fit Messi and Aguero and Memphis and Griezmann on the same team. Um, well, I mean, let's say, right? Let's uh, let's say that actually Coman does go to a 4-3-3, either because Laporte uh, literally asked him to or just because mm. he had inspiration but, and said, like, well, let's play 4-3-3 again. Um, well, the midfield, I think it would be basically the same, right? Uh, yeah. Busquets, Pedri, and De Jong. Um, yeah. Let's hopefully Busquets still actually has um, the potential uh, to play as well as he, as he had. Um, oh, but yeah. let's let's say that, that continues. Um, in the attack, let's say that everyone is healthy and everyone is in good form. Um, I don't know because I mean, I, obviously um, Messi is going to play. I'm not going to say something crazy like, "Oh, I'll bench Messi and just play Anso <laughs> instead." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Messi is a given. So um, oh, yeah. I would actually really, really like to see Messi, um, Messi, the Bay and Anso. I think it would be a really, really incredible experiment. Ooh, experiment because that's I mean, nasty. You, because I, like I mean, you would have um, a lot of speed on um, at the very top. You would have either Anto that re- can actually really, really hit the goal really, really well, um, right. and then you have Depay that is so. I think he he can do so much that he's yeah. so unpredictable. I mean, that's what I think is really uh, makes him a really good player. That he's so unpredictable. He can hit it from twenty yards out and just hit it at the back of the net out of nowhere. Or he can have just like a tap in, so I think he's a really good player. I would also obviously love to see Aguero play, but then again, mm. I wouldn't really like to see Ansu's progress be cut out because I mean he knows yeah. he, I know he's coming back from an injury and this situation is in 
uh, he was 100% healthy. If he would be coming back, I think I would agree with you. It would be Messi, Aguero, and Depay on the left wing. Mm. And to just like slowly um, cut back in uh, Ansu Fati. But I think those four players would be like uh, the main for me. I mean, Dembele has had good moments, but I think Ansu has had more uh, better moments in the last few yeah. seasons. You know what it is as well? I, f I agree with you. I think that would be crazy. Um, and I think a lot of our audience would agree with you. Let us know what you think about the whole Memphis thing. If you think he would fit in and how you think he'd fit in, let us know down below. We'll talk about it um, here in the latter part of this, of this podcast episode. Um, as far as uh, Griezmann goes, I would love to see him in midfield. I really would. Because I think he has a good eye for a pass. I think his pressing is something that would be very good to have in a midfield. And if you really, really want to play him and you have three really, really good attackers and you want to play all four, Griezmann is a maybe Griezmann is a cam. So but then where do you put Pedri? And that's kind of the issue you go back to, right? Unless yeah. like Yeah, it's tough, man. I, I would love to see Griezmann play midfield just for one just one time. Just see how it goes. Because I really, really do think he has the quality to do it. So um, similar to what he plays actually in France in the national yeah. team, um, yeah. just behind the striker. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would Maybe be in a bit more defensive role, even like not. No, not, I'm not saying putting him putting him as like a pivot, but yeah. a box to box, because he already plays like a box to box. He just has to go all the way up when he's done. Um, I honestly, I think that would be. I think that would be an interesting experiment. I'd love to see that. Uh, so at some point, let's say that Barcelona does sign the buy and um, well, everybody everybody's healthy. Would you, mm -hmm. who who would you sell? Coutinho, Griezmann, um, because I mean they basically would like to play the same yeah. role as you said. Uh, oh yeah, behind a striker and have that final touch or play that final pass. You're right. You're right. Um, the only thing that okay. So I was just looking up Coutinho's age compared to Griezmann's because I wasn't sure how old Coutinho was. Coutinho's like 28, right? Or he is 28. Yeah. Griezmann recently turned 30. But if I had to sell one of the two, as much as it hurts me to say this, because people who know me know how much I love Felipe Coutinho and how much I love him as a player. But given how his career has gone for Barca and given how Griezmann has done for Barca, I would probably sell Coutinho. Okay. If I had to keep one, it would probably be Griezmann. Because of the fact that Griezmann is also adapted better. Yep. I mean... But you look into the squad depth and you have a lot of players that can actually play the same position. I think that was at the mm -hmm. beginning of the season the problem because you had Coutinho, you had Messi, you had Pedri, uh, basically three players that wanted to play the number 10 role and nobody yeah. really did it well because, every, well, and also Griezmann because you had all four wanting to play the same role and no one near the, uh, the opposition's goal. So I yeah. think it will be a pretty interesting, uh, as well as uh, acquisition side for Barcelona, the sales, because who are you going to sell? Are you going to keep both Griezmann and Coutinho? Are you just going to sell one? Are you going to keep both of them? Are you going to sell uh, the two? Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, gonna it's, really, it's really crazy. Yeah. But it, and finally, you have a president that knows what he's doing with John Laporta. And I really like this position with this whole... Uh, Wijnaldum situation in which basically PSG just hijacked the signing and threw a lot of money to Wijnaldum 
And Laporta said, we're, gonna, we're not going to raise, we're not going to go into a bidding war. And I think that's something that probably a few years ago would have happened under another management I'm not going to mention. But <laughs> um, I really like Laporta, and I think he, is, he does know what's best for the club. I think I, I'm very happy that, that Laporta won the elections um, because, again, Laporta was with Barca back all the way back when Barca were really good. That was under Laporta. So I'm really happy that, that he's back. Um, and I think the elections were very exciting because you saw a lot of different sides to what Barca could become. And I think Laporta has a clear strategy and a clear view of what he wants if, and expects of this Barcelona. And if the news about um, if the news about the genie bidding war not taking place are true, if, if that's what Laporta said, I'm all for it. I think that's a good. I think that's a very good decision because the thing with genie is I think he could fit in at Barca as sort of like a Paulinho type player, mm -hmm. but I don't think he's worth breaking the wage bill over. Also no. because of his age, right? No. If you were no, talking I mean... about if he was younger, if this was like. Back in his Newcastle days, before yeah. he moved to Liverpool, if it, if it was at that point, then yeah, maybe. But now it's he's he's old, and you don't. At this point for Barcelona, I think the priority is to just sign as many players on free, good players on a free as you can, slowly build up the team, and then add on to that once you can add on to that, right? Yeah. Um, and, and and from that from that perspective, I think the strategy so far has worked out really well. You've gotten Aguero for free, Eric Garcia for free. Um, Reduced wages as well for both of them. Yeah, and Emerson Royal is also joined. Oh yeah, um, really, really good signing. Really, really good signing. Um, and then we'll have to see what the transfer market holds. But I, I honestly, I don't think like the transfer market is ha isn't even open yet. But I think we'll see a lot of movement from Barcelona, especially. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Whether that's loans, whether that's departures, I think we will see a lot of stuff going on. Um, and that's refreshing. So. Uh, in terms of the Euros, right? Before we say our predictions, I want to highlight uh, Omituri's prediction. Thank you so much for uh, throwing it in the chat. And thank you so much for interacting. Uh, I think France is the favorite to win, but would love for Spain to come on top. France have the most exp uh, the most depth and experienced players in key positions and N'Golo Kante. I love the fact that, that he added like the plus Kante. Plus Kante. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums up what I think as well. Like, when you look at France's team, logically, there is no way they should not win. No. Honestly. Because, no. yeah, Portugal have some really good talents. Spain have some really good players. And really, you know, really good young talents, too. Italy could do... Good team. Could be good surprising. Team. Yeah. Netherlands, Belgium, also very good teams. But France just have that insane combination of players absolutely crazy and personally i would love to see spain win it i think it would be fun if belgium won it but i would love to see spain win it but i, I think france are the favorites what do you think joe um i mean I, I really like a lot of the teams um obviously i like netherlands yeah. i like how they oh, play yeah. um well i liked how they used to play under Coleman. um <laughs> But I think it, it will be really interesting. But as you said, I mean, I don't really see any single team, if you put them like 90 minutes against France, like seeing, oh, this team's going to beat them for sure, or they're going to have a lot of problems with this team. I'm like, well, no, 
you have a really good goalkeeper in Hugo Lloris that has so many years of experience, as Omituti said. Um, you have Kante that's basically just a machine of recovering balls, going up, scoring goals and all that. You have Kylian Mbappé. You have Karim Benzema coming back. You have Guzmán Dembélé on the bench. You have Paul Pogba. I mean, that defense is also so, so amazing. Um, oh, yeah. They're fast. They're fast. They're quick. They're strong. They're smart. Um, I, I mean, as you said, I don't really see any single team. I was going to crack a joke that England, but nobody's going to believe it. So um, I, don't, I don't really see. I mean, I would love to see uh, Italy really compete for it because I love the midfield that they have. They have oh, Varela. Yeah. They have uh, Sensi. They have Errati. I mean, I really, really like the midfield. And also, um, I think the attack is really refreshing to see, again, mm-hmm. an Italian team that can actually really score goals and play yeah. a really good midfield. But again, I mean, if you put Pogba in front of Verratti, who do you think is going to win? Either by just physicality. Especially if Pogba is in form. Yep. And, 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 he, always, and he, always, he always gets in form for France for some reason. I mean, he becomes a it's monster weird, in yeah. the national team. But, I mean... Also, as you said, Belgium would be awesome, but also let's take into consideration that um, Eden Hazard basically one of his worst seasons so far in his whole career. Um, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne being banged up in the final of um, of the Champions League. Um, Courtois, really good player, obviously. Lukaku, an amazing striker this season. It would be it really awesome. Merton's also see. quite good. Yeah. Although I feel like he's very inconsistent. Yeah, I think at yep. least for Napoli. But he's a quality yep. player. He's just very inconsistent. And then, um, I mean, Germany also has a really, really good team. I oh, also yeah. really like Germany. Oh, yeah. They have a, Obviously, they have a really competitive team. But then again, if you put in front, like, who you think is going to score more goals? Karim Benzema and Kylian Mbappé or Kai Havertz and Timo Werner? Oh, my God. I mean, who you yeah. think is going to score more goals yeah. in the tournament of one month? So, oh, yeah. No, 100%. Um, so I, I think it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. But at the end of the day, yeah. I know at the, and at the back of my head that France are basically the team to beat. Yeah. Like, I, I really feel like if you beat France, you can probably You're the champion. have a chance. <laughs> you can probably maybe have a little chance. Um, but, yeah, their team is absolutely ridiculous. But the group and honestly, stage like, France, I think – Huh? Um, I'm sorry, just going to say the group stage of France is going to be really amazing. I mean, you have uh, Germany, France, and Portugal in the same um, in the same group. So amazing football, at least for us the fans. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 really fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, like there are a lot of like teams that could surprise, but the the thing that would surprise me the most is if France did not win the Euros this year. Yeah. I'm just going to put that out there. And I don't like, I'm sure that's what everyone is thinking. I mean, listen, man, you've got Griezmann, Kingsley Coleman, Dembele. Those are potential bench players. Martial. Yeah, as well. <laughs> if you have players good enough to bench those four, man, like it's crazy. Also, their midfield. I mean, I was looking at a list. Um, when the uh, when the squad list was when the official squad list was put out, I was looking at a list of players that didn't make the cut, and some of the names in there are ridiculous. I mean, the also, fact that you, you can like it's it's just crazy to me. You have Camavinga and Nawar that were actually playing a youth uh, tournament as well, and they're both players that could have really have played the first in the na- first national yeah. team. 
So, I mean, the production of young players for France is, is astonishing. I, I love him. Um, and as you said, we'll probably see in one month just like the photo shoot of N'Golo Kante with his trophy and all happy and all that. <laughs> <laughs> probably, I mean, yeah. he has no haters. He's an amazing player. I mean, just by having him, especially in the great form, and he actually ended his season with Chelsea, oh, yeah. also is going to bring so much for France. 100%. And I, th- I think he is going to be one of those players that are really going to light up um, the Euros this year. Um, just a quick fire question. Copa America, if it goes through, uh, yeah. you're probably, yeah, who, who are you who are you with? Who do you think is going to win? Um, I don't know. I mean, I always think that Brazil is going to win, but at the end, they somehow choke. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Um, I don't know what happens with that group. I mean, they had amazing qualifiers to the World Cup. They seemed that they were going to go really uh, the long haul, but then uh, all of a sudden, I don't even remember against who they lost. Um, I don't remember. But um, I'm going to say Argent- Argentina because of Messi. But um, yeah. I, th- I think that's every Barcelona fan dream that Messi, Messi can finally uh, win something with the national team. But I mean, yeah. as you said, if it goes through, let's hope that if it goes through, it's um, uh, with the sake, of, well, with everything uh, in good conditions of health and all that. Because, uh, as we said so many times on this podcast, um, it is it is a game. We love the game, but it's not worth risking lives of so many people just to have entertainment during the summer. So, if it happens, let's hope that it's in the best conditions. Uh, let's hope that it does happen, but let's hope that also uh, the people at the head of it don't really force it into a position in which um, people can actually get harmed or uh, get sick. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's something people tend to forget as well. Is as much as we love this sport and as much as we love what the sport brings to us, it's also important to remember that there are human beings, some of them with real conditions that can be very much in danger of going to a competition like this, whether that's players or staff members or uh, architects, whatever it may be. Even um, security. So yeah, hopefully, yeah. So hopefully if it goes through, it goes through under conditions that favor the health of everyone involved. Um, and if that can't take place, if that can be guaranteed, then hopefully it won't go through. Um, yep. But yeah, other than that. Um, what would you say in Copa America? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Argentina. Chile <laughs> always surprised me somehow. I don't know how they do it. They somehow always surprise me, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow won it. But <laughs> I hope Argentina are gonna win it, just because I want Messi to win an international trophy and just, just make that whole argument of he hasn't won an international trophy. Stop, because yeah. that's, <laughs> you know, it's this, it's the, it's the dumbest argument I've heard, but it's an argument that people make. And if he wins a Copa America, maybe hopefully. That's going to stop. Um, um, are they going to go like he's never won the World Cup now? The World Cup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if he wins the World Cup, he's never got the golden boot. Or, oh, wait, he got the MVP. Well, that was so undeserved. De Bruyne and Mbappe <laughs> deserved it. Um, they're just going to keep going. Truth yep. is, he's the best player in the world, whether you like it or not. And um, facts. <laughs> facts. Um, if you had, yeah, that's, I think that's it for, 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 uh, from us for now. If you would like to support Blogonogram or the network or the podcast, or you just like to look cool doing it, you can cop some uh, some merchandise uh, on our shop, blogonogram.com slash shop. Use the code TDSLIVE for 15% off. 
off your next order um and you can see it here down below um yeah you can support us uh you know help us keep the lights on and you can also wear some cool merch we've got a polo shirt i've got a t-shirt hanging there that it's out of frame um but it's there um we've got mugs we've got hoodies we've got uh, bluetooth speakers smartwatch whatever you want we got it um so yeah check it out it would help us uh and you know it's it's pretty nice merch uh, it's, it's pretty cool merch so yeah check it out um if you haven't already if you've enjoyed this do like follow subscribe on the relevant platform you're watching on this uh has gone on live on uh, youtube twitter and facebook and um yeah we are back uh although for next episode i'm we have some technical well not really technical issues but we have some things that we gotta uh, solve out in terms of the schedule so we'll let you know when the next episode goes live but usually these episodes do go live every monday 4 p.m central european uh time and um if you do miss out on the streams on youtube facebook twitter you can rewatch them on those three platforms or you can listen on whatever platform you use for podcasts spotify google podcast all that good stuff it's all there so check that out and drop us a follow or subscribe or subscribe i was gonna say subscription but that just sounds different uh or drop a like if you enjoyed this um on that note i hope you're staying sane, safe and well uh, and staying in touch with your loved ones um joav that's it from me any last words um no let's hope that you have a, an amazing euro competition as we said and uh well please everybody stay safe don't make rash decisions and uh well yeah uh have a good one yeah thank you everyone so so much for tuning in and we will see you next time and uh until then we're gonna roll the outro it's gonna stop at some point but we're gonna roll the outro stay safe everyone godspeed my name is phil shane and you've been listening to the driven shot posted by omar hawash and the blaugranogram news outlet thanks for tuning in and we hope you have a wonderful day and hopefully we'll see you again soon